What's up, human soundboard? Yeah. Oh. You know what my my goal is for this episode, Jeff? What's that? For me to not be the voice out of the two of us that breaks the microphone every time I talk by talking way too loud. Uh, it'd be great <laughs> if if my what? audio. What? I mean, you can get away with that with your privilege, uh, but I can't. I, I have with it, my. Yeah, I have resting loud voice. Tyler it's, has never enjoyed. <laughs> this is this is a disability that I have where I just can't not yell. You have you have Caucasianness as a disability, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the inability to yell. I have privileged white guy in the front row of a stand up show. Energy. <laughs> to be fair, I've seen you as a privileged white guy in the front rows. <laughs> stand-up shows and i thought you've acquitted yourself quite well and if i'm honest there are certain friends of ours who have done worse <laughs> i would call him a friend of ours <laughs> okay there's at least a friend of mine who yeah call him a friend of I yours i don't like i don't know this guy um we're getting closer and closer to doxing him Let's just go oh. step by step for the next hour. <laughs> oh, it's a male, is it? Okay, Jeff. Oh. Information information that you just revealed. Oh, and he has docs. He has an address. You're saying he's not homeless. All right, that rules out a big chunk of the population. Wait, so he wait. Say that again. He has docs. Oh, he, he works in the, the shipyard. Water. Yeah, he's in the maritime situation. <laughs> oh, maritime. He exists within time. Oh, and Mary. He's a temporal being. Uh, this could be only one of one people that we know. We this is bad podcasting. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about soccer? Soccer ball? Uh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, before we get into the professionals, could I? And I didn't make this as a as an item to talk about, but could I? Could I give you a nostalgia FC update? Please do. Last weekend. Not the one that was just three days ago, but a week and a half ago, we were in the playoffs for our uh, our Sunday league. We have playoffs because we're in America. Playoffs? I'm being. I'm gonna be a human soundboard the whole day now. <laughs> I mean, so far you've saved us a lot of money by switching to Jeff. <laughs> um, but we had to play a play-in round, kind of like the shittiest teams in March Madness have to do, where it's like to even be in the madness, you have to show us how mad you are with one extra one extra match. And we, we played the first match. We beat that team. Uh, and our we had an hour to sit around and wait. And then we played against the team that was better than us, who did not have a play-in. Uh, we were down 2 nothing pretty early, and they were outplaying us. We hung in there. And then with a few minutes left, our striker scored. He's, he's like a human cannon, Christian. Uh, scored a blast from, like, I want to say... Christian cannon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there was there was like religious uh, fervor behind the shot. Uh, he's his shot. He has the best shot of any person that I've seen like in live playing with them football. Like he's he's really great. Wow. Um, but uh, so that that makes it two one. Then with I think the second or third to last kick of the game. I play a ball from right back over the top that somehow just awkwardly bounces in the way that that uh, I, I don't think it was Christian. I think it was someone else. Uh, Mo, another one of our players, he was able to like just toe poke at home, and we tied it with like five seconds left. Wow. So I went full Trent. I went full Trent Alexander Arnold, um, 
and didn't defend well and instead <laughs> contributed to to a goal and we went we went to extra time so this is now extra time on top of the full game on top of the original full game uh, we don't concede an extra time. It goes to penalties. We are down multiple rounds in penalties, and somehow we won in penalties in like the eighth or ninth round. People are like, "Who wants to take a PK?" I'm like, "Nobody at that." Like, if you didn't take one yeah. already, you're in the group that does not want this responsibility. Oh wait, so you got out to like penalty number seven, kind of thing? Yeah, and people are just like, "Who wants one now?" Okay. And everyone's like, "I don't want to." Did you take reason. one? No, I was like, "Fuck!" I'm ex- I'm like injured exhausted at this point our reward for winning in penalties is to immediately begin a game against the first place undefeated team who also did not have a playing round they had they played one game before us so they had they had you know 60 minutes into their legs and we had at this point 130 something minutes 140 minutes in our legs and then we had to play a whole additional game which we lost we lost four to two but it was it was really close like we i think didn't level it but we were within a goal for the whole game and that last goal was just like the the third goal you scored against united when we visited Hmm. so uh not legitimate not legitimate at all uh and and, uh, (laughs) it was really fun to watch is that what you mean (laughs) no it was just like obnoxious and bad at singing uh okay so so that happened, and then I base I could not bend my knee for three days after that. Like I was really hurt from like I was running on an injury in that last game. Uh, running at, on injury. Who, who would that be by? What song is that? Uh, uh, you know, running on empty, run along. Is that Wings? Is that Paul McCartney? Is my it? neighbor here in London. It's good to know that even Paul McCartney running is capable of writing bad music. To be, Paul McCartney's one of those guys where it's like it's almost like the majority of what he writes, but then the other stuff is like yesterday, you know, which he wrote uh, earlier than yesterday, a long time ago. Did you know what the original chorus was to yesterday? Tomorrow, bro, bro. <laughs> no, it was scrambled eggs. Sort of was guy. it? Yeah, and he like he didn't know what to do. He had the melody, but he had just he only had nonsense lyrics. And it was like scrambled eggs and a toast, and like Paul he, McCartney. Like, I mean, to be Paul- fair, he can judge a melody. That is a good melody. You should keep working with that, you know, until you make it into yesterday. What do you guys think about these lyrics? I can't get enough of these tossed salads and scrambled <laughs> eggs. Uh, the fra- that it- sounds like the Fraser theme song, Paul. If you told me that he had like scored Frasier, I'd sort of <laughs> he scored a bunch of like weird movies that no one has like watched, and I don't know. He's, he does a bunch of that. Did he do like The Rocketeer? <laughs> I have no idea. You haven't seen The Rocketeer? I take it. Remind me what it's about. Uh, I think it's about uh the Nazis oh. and Howard Hughes. And this guy who finds like a Nazi weapon, it's like a jetpack, and he's like a stunt fighter, fighter pilot, a stunt fighter pilot, a stunt fighter pilot, and he finds this thing. His name and... was Peter Pilot. <laughs> Great at admin work. Peter. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> did, uh, well, there was a junior pilot, I think, that played in the Premier League at one point. That sounds right. It's Junior Hoylet. Um <laughs> But to finish the Rocketeer summary, uh, he has this jetpack and he flies around with it and he kind of gets addicted to being able to fly around whenever he wants. 
and in the end, he has to kill like the head Nazi who is what's his Timothy Dalton who played James Bond. So James Bond plays a Nazi in a different movie. Wow, I love the fan theories that are just dripping from that. Of what like, of like 007 is really a fascist. He's really. Uh, but where's the evidence there? Because I feel like he, nor other than well, the fact that he's... Well, if you put one and one together, Skyler. He's unwilling, he's unwilling to romantically commit, so he's ethically non-monogamous, liberal. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean... No, he, he's vegan or whatever. He likes guns. That's maybe the only thing I could argue you've got. But, like, isn't that all spies? Hmm. If I, had, if I told you. Best best James Bond movie in your opinion? You know, you know what's funny about James Bond movies? For a big franchise, most of them are kind of garbage. Like if you ju- if they if they if you judge them individually, it's like oh, these are like seventies B movies. You know, like they're kind of like silly. They're a little bit schlocky, and like they're fun. But I I think I think those are the ones that I like the best. Like when you get to that like Skyfall era, even like the Pierce Brosnan era, which is like funny enough to laugh at now. But like, they tried to I elevate it. it. I remember it enough at the time where it was like, "Oh, you really want me to take this seriously?" And no, I refuse. The best the best James Bond hot take alert, siren emoji, siren emoji is the GoldenEye N64 game. <laughs> You were, I thought, you could have just been like best James Bond movie uh, season four of Archer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I I I think that that's interesting. Too, so, but your answer is still technically a Pierce Brosnan Bond. Brosnan, True. Brosnan. But it's like that's like the that's like a B movie of video games. Is like a uh, you know how many how many bits are like how many what is it called like the shapes that they have to draw the characters out of polygons. Yeah, they had like they had just enough polygons to make odd job look very racist. <laughs> they overemphasized the odd, <laughs> not the job. Uh, okay, well, well, honestly, after you said all that, though, my answer is like actually, I think my answer is Skyfall. <laughs> yeah, because it is a good movie. But when I watched it in theaters, it felt like, oh fuck, is this the end of James Bond? It feels like this is, would be a good movie to be like, that's enough. We've done that. We've done enough. Poor James has run, run through enough fires. Does he run yeah. through fires? He's he's put the out next enough one fires. Is just like enough is never enough. <laughs> yeah, enough's enough when Hollywood gets sick of profit. So we'll wait for that to happen. But <laughs> yeah. did, who are they? Is aren't they getting the dude who played Elvis to become the new Bond? Oh, are they? Wasn't that the scuttlebutt? Was, yeah. That sounds better. That's one of those like Hollywood stories that is always going on, and I've never cared about. Even when it the I kind of cared when it was Idris Elba, just because I have a thing where I think he's great. That's called attraction, Jeff. You can just say it's called attraction. No, okay, fine. I'm attracted to him. No, that's not. That doesn't sound right. You 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 want him to be undressed, Elba? I get it. <laughs> no. Honestly, I just liked him because I thought he was from Maryland, and it turns out that he's not. But if you can fool me, then that's okay. Wait, Idris so Elba? Good. Isn't he from he... London or the yeah, UK yeah. at least? But dude, he, he's so unlike a lot of the actors in The Wire. That The Wire is probably the best written show, in my opinion. But he's the... in The Wire. 
Idris Elba, yeah. I only watched a bit of the first season and I turned it off when I got That's bored. That's like the main season he's in. No. I, um, I got bored. Oh, yeah. First season is a little bit slow, but I do think it's the best writing of any. Like, it's like, it's like a novel, but the problem with it is that it does go slow. And many of the characters who are acting it and the people who are filming it are not as good as the writers. So it's like, I think it's like a solid, like not quite God tier show, but it's like right on the edge. I mean, I'd try it. I'd try it again. There are, there are things that I've, it's taken me multiple times to get into, but then once I finally got into it, I'm like, Oh shit's Creek. I like this. Yes. But like initially I was like, I hate these people and I hate where they are. And I hate every element of this. I'd say like, the the thing about the wire is like you have to get through like half of the season within two days to enjoy it so that first season because it moves slow but if so, so like if you could if you can put aside a saturday and get into like seven hours of tv then you'll love it but like that if you just watch the first episode you'll be like yes <laughs> that is a show <laughs> you want me to watch seven hours of crime in baltimore that's just living in baltimore <laughs> It's much more than that in Baltimore. It's twenty four seven. All right. Well, what what else is there in Baltimore? Because we we're already going fourteen minutes into this podcast without even mentioning uh, professional football, and I want to kind of see how long we can go. <laughs> um, if 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 you wanted my recommendations for Baltimore, I would say Inner Harbor can't miss tourist opportunity. You got both the Ravens and the Orioles stadiums nearby there. Easy to check out. A lot of good dining things and some nice things for the kids. The aquariums there, one of the best aquariums in the world. Let's be honest. How do and, you uh, how do you judge an aquarium? Uh, <laughs> I would say honestly, sharks would be. You know what I mean? It's like it's kind of like like strikers make a team better. <laughs> like sharks are the strikers of aquariums. Where it's like, if you told me, yeah, yeah, we got a, re- a lot of really solid coral. We got a bunch of, like, non-stinging stingrays. You're allowed to touch and all that. But, like, let's be honest. We're here to see the man-eaters. Having, having solid coral is like bragging, we do have a great training pitch uh, at, right. for our club. You're like, I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> you remember when Southampton tried to pull that where they were like, we'll get, all right, we sold several generational players but on the plus side we just put in a not so great pitch for even intramural football and it we spent five bajillion on it so that'll be great the next real madrid that'll be great once we're relegated we'll have that to lean on as a way to generate extra funds like we can rent out that pitch on the weekends poor southampton uh this is great jeff i don't know what we're doing it's like driving with our eyes closed on this podcast. This is like jazz. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Do you want to pick a? To- I mean, the running order doesn't have to be the order. Do you want to pick a topic? Do you want to talk about? Uh, oh, you, all right. Well, maybe skip. You skipped one. one. All right. So, all right. McTominay giveth. Yeah, like it does have to be the order. Yeah, it does have to start <laughs> at the beginning because this is the results, right? McTominay giveth. McTominay taketh away. Uh, three straight matches. This this little ditty is covering Brentford, uh, Sheffield United, and uh, the Champions League match against FC Copenhagen, uh, which happened just yesterday. So McTominay has scored three goals and given away two penalty kicks in these three games. 
St- starting yeah. with Brentford, where we were uh, losing that game on like a really obnoxious to concede goal, and then just looks like we're 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 effed in this. We're gonna we're gonna lose uh, to a weakened Ivan Tony-less Brentford, and our season's pretty much over. We'll have a losing record, real embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and McTominay gets subbed on and scores two goals post 90th minute in like there's like eight minutes of stoppage time or whatnot. And McTominay scores two goals. The the guy can score goals. The problem is that he can't do <laughs> central midfielder things. Like he's not an astute defender. He doesn't. He's not positioned very well. He's a big body, not yeah. necessarily a great tackler, but he's a big body. Uh, and then when it comes to the offensive side of the game, he's afraid he can't pass the ball except for easy, simple passes. So he kind of hides from the ball earlier in buildup because he knows he's going to do something not helpful or fuck it up. But that effectively means we have 10 men on the field yeah. when we're passing. Uh, but, but, but somehow, uh, for Scotland, when he pushes forward and for Scotland, he's a little bit more of an important player. Uh, they fling him up closer to the box where he ends up playing more of like something like a less passy Bruno Fernandez role. And he's almost like a second striker for them. And he scores goals against Spain. He scores goals against all sorts of top level European opposition. But for United, he's a zero, but he comes into this match, two goals, wins the game almost single-handedly. And everyone on, like I had, it was just about ready to be like, fuck, you know, F this uh, when he scored the first goal. And then all of a sudden the United WhatsApp group just starts blowing up. Uh, that happened, Brentford. Sheffield United. Um, God, I don't remember what happened in that. Oh, it was just the other day. So he scores a goal. Like, So this is his third goal in two games. And we're almost like, McTominay is messy. Uh, <laughs> and then immediately within 90 seconds, Gives away a handball in the box for a penalty kick. And so Sheffield United equalize. And we're United is just like, or, or our fans at least, are just uh, ready to walk straight out into the ocean and drown. We're just like, we, we need to win these games. We can't be just failing to compete with the worst team in the league. Uh, and then Diogo Dallo hits in like the 80th minute or whatnot, just a brilliant bending upper 90 strike like he he reminds you he's capable Dalo is capable of being great defensively he's capable of being an offensive contributor uh with assists and goals and crosses he just never does it often he just does it you know on a Thursday that one time um and then finally against FC Copenhagen McTominay concedes another penalty in the 96th minute when we're winning 1-0 hanging on by a thread uh the goal was scored by harry Maguire. we'll get more more on him in a second yeah uh but we have uh, this narrow 1-0 lead at home to fc copenhagen if you can't beat them you are not progressing out of the champions league group stages yeah. uh we need to beat them twice as a matter of fact but anyway uh, McTominay concedes uh, a penalty kick, uh, this time by kicking someone practically in the face on a corner kick that would have been the last play of the game. It's like, can you just not do that? Can you figure out a different way to deal with it? He can't. Uh, his limits his limits and his strengths were on display over the course of a, of a match week. But, all right, so, so jumping into the second topic, and then we'll get to Arsenal. Uh, 
Andre Onana. You're allowed to have more than five minutes of this podcast. I know I don't usually give that to you, but technically you are allowed. Dobby has a free has a sock. Dobby is a free elf. <laughs> um, thank you, Jeff, for freeing me. But no, I just I just don't want to go on endlessly about it. But uh, I'm used to penalty kick uh, conceded, goal conceded. Like to me, it's with De Gea. It was pretty much one to one. Like De Gea saved a few penalty kicks earlier on in his career. But then, like, didn't save one for like five years, so I'm used to I'm used to penalty kicks being an automatic goal against. Uh, Onana, not only does he save it, it's not like it was shot right at him. It's a full extension, like only your body can do that. Uh, penalty kick save, like the ball's almost past him. Like it was truly maybe one of the most amazing things I've seen all season. And so he's wow. had. He's had a bad time, uh, and Harry Maguire's had a bad time, and in the last, let's say, two games, they've both proven that they're not zero. They're not the zeros that the media has chalked them up to be. Like Onana saved that game. Harry Maguire scored the goal with a header, like a header down at the ground, like the way Wait, you would. Te- just, oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. I hate to interrupt you. Only for for education of the sound quality just so you know you are now so close to the mic that it sounds like you're eating me oh no i'm it's I, just those little bits where you lean in like ha ra 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 it probably sounds like that to you should i be yeah. turning the volume low enough that i have to eat the mic but then that's like a frame of reference for like where i should be that's a good question. I mean, I know like on the on the more professionally produced podcast that I listen to, they always instruct their guests to eat the mic. So they probably do that. But I think you're probably just fine to just pick a distance. Right. You know? So do I need to automatically adjust? Do I need to? It's, I turned off automatic let's do this, adjustment. Let's start it over from the top. Just run the theme song. I, I turned <laughs> off automatic adjustment, though, because I thought that was what was messing up our. This is great. Well, maybe. This is great pod. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> Go on. I broke your flow, but I was I was trying to have a quick aside. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just glad everyone is hearing me continuing on, on with it. Um, so, Maguire scores a header with, like, the, the in a textbook, this is how you teach someone to, to attack goal with, with a header. Like, down at the, at the ground on an angle to make it really hard for the keeper to get down to save it. Uh, and he also was the assist... For one of McTom- for McTominay's winner against Brentford, so like Maguire's even like he's only been called into service in like the last few games, and he's been good. Like he's been one of wow. I think he was man of the match against <laughs> Sheffield United. Uh, just like ridiculous, but also what does that say uh, about this team? That it's Maguire and Onana that have saved us embarrassment. Like the rest of the team is still. Not generating chances for Rasmus Hoyland. Like Rasmus Hoyland's not getting service. Really, he's doing yeah. a lot of work, uh, impressive work. But like, he's he's kind of on an island at times. So like, the team is not still not functional. We're still not able to build out of the back. There's so many good pieces though now. But there's still a lot of missing pieces. Like uh, Varane only just came back. Yeah. Um, and then Martinez is out until basically Christmas. From he had surgery again on the injury that he had surgery on uh, end of last year. Yeah, he came back kind of injured, I guess, Jesus. and and just had so now so now he's out for like another three months or whatever. But um, we're st- we still we only just uh, against Copenhagen got a left back. 
<laughs> which is the one we have on loan from Spurs. Ew. Sergio Reguilon. So like we we ha- we've been missing like actual players who have ever played the left back position before. Um Casemiro was suspended because of his red card against Bayern against Copenhagen, so kind of down a midfielder, but reinforcements are coming. Uh Kobe Minu, Minu, Kobe Mano. I don't know how to say his name yet because he's eight, he's eighteen years old. But yeah. he looked great in our tour. Like maybe he looked like the best midfielder in our tour. So he is a young wow. stud who hopefully will play a role. Um, getting Veron back is huge. Uh, we will be getting Juan Basaka back soon, which will be huge. We uh, are missing. Like Casemiro will be back for the next match. It's it's starting to to. We're starting to have the pieces, but you know, things still aren't. Things are still very broken. There's there's mild optimism at best, is what I would say. I mean, based on sort of where you are emotionally as an Arsenal or as as a United <gasps> fan, uh, what what does the Champions League mean to you? You know, like what what is the point of it for you this season? It's not to win it, um, but I think it's That's to win. Hard to do. I think it's to win some pride, like yeah. like losing away to Bayern. I think most teams would lose away to Bayern. They're like one of the best Champions League teams in history. Like sure. their record is is ridiculous in the group stage. I think they like never lose. Uh, losing to Galatasaray, not happy about that. I think that was at Old Trafford. That was. That was an embarrassing game. Hoyland played amazingly, and the defense, which was missing, I think, almost the whole back line. Uh, like, we had midfielders and, and all sorts of players playing out of position, but still embarrassing. And I that think was the this... most pessimistic I've been for United in a while when you lost that home to Galatasaray. I was like, so, so that was the most optimistic you've been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt great. It was, uh, I was very euphoric. Oh, I feel really pessimistic for Trump right now. Uh, let me <laughs> yeah. tell you. And I do, man. That Man, for real. In a way, uh, Trump is also missing his entire back line and that all of his lawyers are now witnesses against him. Like, uh, is there ever had, has there ever been a single person who's had more lawyers testify against? You know what I mean? Like, it, like if you, if you live a life where even one of your lawyers has to turn against you, that is a fucking crazy time that you're having he's up to what three four now how about he keeps getting lawyers even after michael cohen already served jail time for being his lawyer and got out and is now testifying against him again and there are still lawyers that are like i could use an addition over my garage (laughs) yeah exactly stereotypical barbie lawyer just cried did you see that video what is stereotypical barbie lawyer there, he has a lawyer. She's not actually that Barbie looking, but she is like a young blonde woman. And she she got some press because when they were taking mug shots of everyone in Georgia, um, she was the one that smiled really big. But she flipped on him and she gave this statement and they, they filmed it as if it was like a camera that was meant to look up her skirt. Like the camera was like it was like this. This is like the statement she's giving and you could see like straight up at her, but she did not unlike, you know, a normal tilt that way makes you look powerful. 
she did not look very powerful. She was like crying and sniveling, and it did not look great for her. If I remember that moment in the news cycle, didn't it almost look like it was an extension for that weird horror movie smile where they had all the people in like baseball games behind home plate, yeah. like doing the creepy smile where they're just like, and yeah. and it's a creepy smile. It's very but that's creepy. the whole premise of that movie is that you see a creepy smile and then you'd kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, it it was it would you know why to me what makes a creepy smile is it's forced. Because, like, a non-creepy smile is like, oh, someone's just smiling. Like, we're all having fun here. But when someone's like, hey, and it's like, that's fucking creepy. And that's, it was definitely, she made an effort. Like, she was like, oh, I have to take a mug shot. Maybe I should smile in it. Didn't work out. Um, I'm sure she'll have a long, happy life. I'm, it's a shame she didn't follow the plot of the movie Smile. Because that means that after that mug shot, she probably shouldn't have, you know. I haven't seen the movie. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> But should she oh, kill herself? It, it's one of the it's one of those movies, Jeff, that you should just read the Wikipedia of and then reference it on your podcast a few months later. Yeah. Is it is it for that? And because that's how I feel about Black Mirror episodes, where it's like they're not actually fun to watch, but they do have like they always have an interesting idea at the yeah. You know what I mean? Where oh, that's oh yeah. What if we could like rewind our own memories and stuff? But. I don't. I, I've never sat down to a Black Mirror episode and be like, "Wow, that was a good hour." Yeah. Of my life. I just want to hear other people talk about it. Like, please spoil Black Mirror for me because they're bummers. They and are. and this movie's a bummer. I'm of course being facetious. I don't want anyone to kill themselves. If anyone who's listening is considering killing themselves, seek. Please uh, call Trump's lawyer so that she fucking kills herself. Speak to speak to a professional. Uh, try not to blame us for whatever's going on in your life because this podcast sucks. But like, you don't have to listen. Let's be real. You really don't. And Why are you listening? The vast majority of people are taking us up on that offer very wisely, <laughs> and they seem to be living happy lives. Most people seem to have no trouble not listening. What's your deal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're addicted to this shit? You can't get enough? What the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I can't get enough of, Jeff? What? I can't get enough of hearing that someone has beaten Manchester City in something. It's wild. Dude, we've now beaten them twice this season. If you what was count the first our- time? Uh, if you count our Community Shield penalty shootout win, I don't count that. That's a friendly. Which many people do not. But I mean, it is—it's a friendly, but it's also a trophy, and it's obviously I wasn't—I wasn't bragging on that one too much because you don't even remember it. But it—it it does. I don't know. I am kind of happy to think that, like, hey, we've played them twice now, and they and then, have nothing, and we have two things. Well, they're. Here, the thing about City that's been interesting to witness is that when they got rid of Gundawan, because, you know, he's getting older, he, but he had yeah. been a, a pretty significant contributor to them, and this season he's continued being that for Barcelona. Uh, but it's interesting that then they got the Kevin De Bruyne injury. So those are two 30-something midfielders, and now it's all on Rodri and Bernardo Silva, pretty much. So, like... It's shocking that City didn't reinforce an area that was obviously going to be an issue. Well, it's also like they're one of the only teams that I've ever seen downshift like that. Like Chelsea buy $100 million to $200 million worth of players every summer, whether they need them or not. And sometimes when they don't need them, it actually fucks them up because it's like, well, now we have a bunch of extra egos in the room and a bunch of moving pieces and we never quite... and. 
it I, it's been strange to watch City sort of stand pat for a season and a half now. When even last season, like it wasn't like they walked the title; like it was competitive ish, you know. Like, and I think this season they're not even in first place. So, hmm, I don't know. Strange times. Who is? I, is it you or is it Liverpool? No, it's Spurs because of us. Yikes! How um, how funny. To the neutral, would it be if Spurs wins the league? One, the second Harry Kane leaves. Yeah. Two, because only because by the amount we of points. Take down City. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. The thought has definitely occurred to me. I mean, even even this week, there's a bunch of like weird number stuff where, like, if you look at them, they're two points ahead of us in the table, and so if we hadn't fucked up against Chelsea, then we'd be mm. right next to them. And then even the goal difference would have been the same. So we're now we're getting to like tiebreaker on tiebreaker on tiebreaker. And we didn't get to that. But in the end, they're two points clear right now. And you can say that's because we beat City. Or you can say that it's because they're the best team. But I don't know. I I remember, you know what? I listened to our last episode because I think we did it like eight years ago. Uh, So, and sometimes I just listen to the episodes to pretend that you and I are having a a present day conversation. Uh, But I think you challenged me when I was doing my first, like, I think Big Ange is is the real deal. And you were like, we'll see. Now that it's been a few weeks later, have you at all changed your perspective on Spurs or him as a manager? Or is, is it in your blood to say that they're going to fall apart, like even through the last match week of the season? I mean, I do think whatever you feel about their individual players and their coach. And honestly, like for the last 10, basically the entire time that I have really, really followed the Premier League, They've always had good teams, which is kind of an anomaly. But I do think it's 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 similar to like being a, a Red Sox player in the 90s where you're just carrying around this extra weight of expectation slash curse. And I, I mean, it's easy to say a team is cursed because you look around and you say, well, there's only one out of 20 of them that win the league every year, you know, and in, in most sports, there's one team that wins and there's the other 98% of them that don't. But I think, I don't know. There's something extra wrong with them. It'd be 95%, right? Well, in this one, but you know, many other <laughs> leagues are 30 teams, 32. I was wrong. Meet the soccers is nothing. If not consistent on doing the math, most of our games have been math based. This so podcast, we are followed by mathematicians and we owe them statistics. Meet the soccers, the podcast that counts. <laughs> oh, there well. we go. So um, you, but you're still cautious. I mean, I look, they're a good team. They, they like statistically speaking, whatever, since we are a statistics podcast, as we just established, um, they probably should have won the league between now and 1961 or whatever it was the last time. You know, they've never won a Premier League, obviously. But I don't, I don't look at them and think that's a Premier Like, at best, I think that they're the rich man or the poor man's version of Arsenal last season, which is like a team that's got some things going for it and it's got a nice little patch of form in the first half of the season, but. And, no and, way, right? 
and like a kind of revamped style now that like everything's not going through Kane. We talked about that. I think yeah. you referred to it. Was it the Patrick Ewing effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which well, how? Where does that come from? Because don't the Knicks suck with or without Patrick Ewing? <laughs> Ewing. The, yeah, true. The Knicks would always. It, it comes from a guy who's not a big Knicks fan, but it comes from uh, Bill Simmons, the sports guy, and he he was a big NBA fan, big Celtics guy, and kind of hated the Knicks because of Red Sox. Yankees reasons, even though the rivalries don't exactly transfer, but the city rivalries do. Um, but yeah, I think that there's some truth to that. And I think in a weird way, we might look back at the last few years of Kane that they had and think, why did they waste that with Mourinho and Conte? And these guys who like, they don't even want to play offense. And you have this, you know, beyond generational talent who's come through your system and it's going to anchor you up front. And they just didn't, you know, he had to do so much more than he needed to. I mean, what if Harry Kane in his very prime, because think about how much they were playing five at the back. They were playing counterattacking bullshit, you know, like Italiano football. Like, what if he had been playing in a swashbuckling team that was like the other 90% of Spurs teams for the last 80 years, you know? Maybe he would have been a guy who scored 40 a season. Maybe he would have been thought of as the Lewandowski. I don't know. Maybe he is already thought of as the Lewandowski of England. But Do, I, do you think that the reason that they played that way is just a lack of belief? Because of yes. the very the very history you talk about. So they're like, we just need to be not embarrassing. Yeah. There's a and reason. Anything, I mean, the one thing that I've always loved about Spurs, which is a weird thing for an Arsenal person to say, is like, I think that they kind of get the bigger picture of the game in some ways where like they have all, they used to have all those weird slogans around white heart lane that said like the game is about glory and to dare is to do and all that stuff. And it's like, and just don't lose. Well, like, cause I mean, you could, you could probably speak to this as the winner of last year's Carling cup that like silverware is really not the only thing you're judging this on. Like you'd probably trade that Carling cup for like, a few more wins in certain competitions last year, you know, a few more goals at certain points of the season. So ultimately I think they, they sort of sacrificed who they are as a club. Whereas like, I don't know. I don't think that we have. And I think that, that bodes well for Arsenal. Like we, we've kind of had the same identity, you know, Arsene Wenger's team captain is now the head coach or is now the manager. Well, how, how how did that identity uh, come into play against Chelsea? Because remember, we're covering a lot of matches here, Jeff, and I want to hold yeah. you to the fire. And you did drop points against Chelsea FC. Well, I think if you're going to play an offensively minded strategy against teams away from home who have some good players on them, and those teams get just incredibly lucky like if you what saw happened? that Chelsea tell us, game, tell was, us what happened so mudrick the guy who we spent almost all of this time last year talking about who's probably going to arsenal um he went to chelsea instead for a shitload of money was it 100 um, i, I want to say it was over 100 but yeah it was it was a lot it was it was a lot more he was he was the biggest export of the ukraine that year let's just say that they weren't they were busy they had some other things going on. And so he 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 came there. And then I remember the first game he played for Chelsea because I just happened to watch that. And I thought, 
wow, I can see why we really wanted him. We've really missed out because he's just, he was so dynamic. Like his lateral ability with the ball where he could just do that sort of juke move, like a nineties era Madden game where you just jump 10 yards to the side, except he would do it with a football stuck to his foot the entire time. And I was like, Oh, that's not good that he can do that. Um, he has not played very well since that game. He has not played well at all. Um, on the other hand, in this game, he had, it looked like to me a cross. It was either a cross or it was the best chip of a goalie I've ever seen because it was like 40 yards out from the wing and it went right over Raya's head in the, in the corner. And then they had a VAR penalty and suddenly they're up two nil. Um, but I don't know. I think that might've been a nice little wake up call for Arsenal because Rice had a beautiful goal. Um, was it, it was an, the open net? Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was, he was so far out and just the, just the, it's, it's like any of those goals where someone kicks it and the goal isn't even on camera. And you're like, yeah. what are you, Whoa! you know, and it was, it was just beautiful. Um, so I think there's something to be said for last minute comebacks, even if, I mean, ultimately Chelsea is a mid table team this year. We well, so you ought to question. be able to go away and get three points. But on the other hand, at Stamford Bridge, you know, down to nil to come away with a point is a pretty good, a pretty good result. And it continues a little streak that I enjoy where Arsenal have gone something like two years without dropping, without, without giving away all three points to any other London club, which is a nice thing to do. That's a very specific badge to wear. <laughs> <laughs> at Arsenal, <laughs> when you don't have trophies, what you have is very specific badges. United has a you know forty year record of always winning when there's fog, and hmm. uh, we're going to keep that going. We're going to keep that going strong yeah. for many years. Spurs down a man. Mercury in retrograde. That <laughs> are you? So so your final verdict? You think Chelsea are still a mid table team, which is where they finished last year, right? I think they're upper mid. I think they're like, I think they've become, I, by the end of the season, I think they're like a Europa team. Seventh? I, I would, that's, if I were a betting man, that's what I'd put them. But I but don't. They have a young team. So if they're seventh this year, who knows where they are next year? Yeah, it's almost like spending a billion on players might eventually yield something. But Not for all teams, Jeff. Uh, not for all teams. <laughs> We've already talked about uh, how my team did in the Champions League. What about Arsenal? I heard you played against a certain team in Spain. We did, and if you watched that game, you would have been reminded almost constantly of Arsenal's record in Spain, where we had not won a Champions League game since 2006, where a young player named Thierry Henry uh, did pretty well. But never, was... heard, never heard of him. <laughs> Sevilla have such a weird one where it's like, like... If it were a video game, they would have a strange thing that gave them plus 20 in the Europa League and minus 20 in the Champions League, you know? And it felt like that a bit where, I mean, we probably should have scored three times and they probably should have scored not at all, but in the end it was 2-1. I mean, it felt it felt like we were in charge of the game, but then because of sort of the order that the goals came in, it was a bit of a nail-biter. Um, but yeah, we'll take that. I mean, that's the, that's the hardest game in our group stage is away at Sevilla and we took three points. So the fact that we had dropped points against Arcelon, 
um, a French team that almost no one has heard of. Uh, oh, Lens? Lens? <laughs> My Lens. RC Lens? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We dropped points against them, and it's all good. So It's all we've, good. We've kind of, we've, yeah, we kind, of, we kind of made up for that, so I'll take that. Uh, anyone who, who listened to this podcast last year at least has a sample of knowing that, like, this isn't normal Arsenal fan behavior. Just be like, it's all cool, man. Everything's going to work <laughs> out. It's fine. Well, that's when I get into the pessimism. Because if you watch that game, you saw Gabriel Jesus just put on the exact kind of performance that everyone who believed in him thought that he would have constantly. And he, he more or less does. Like, when he's on the field, I, I, I don't remember... I mean, honestly, off the top of my head, I cannot think of a single bad game he's had. I'm sure he's had some, but it's just like when I think of him in the lineup, I just think of him creating positive things, sometimes very positive, sometimes eh, positive, but like he's always adding something. And in this game, he more or less single-handedly with one turn cut out three players, put Martinelli through on goal. And it was one of those beautiful passes where, I mean, Martinelli's still in our half when he kicks it so it's definitely on side and you get to watch him in slow motion running 50 yards to then go around the goalie and put it in and then later in the same game he you know he's doing that thing where if if there had been a cameraman lined up perfectly he could have taken that shot that they took with maradona where there's like seven english defenders lined up to try to get him because there's gabriel jesus and then there's you know the left or the right back and then there's the right wing and then there's, you know, the right center back cheating over and they're all there. And he just kind of, uh, 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 he just sort of did that thing where he just kind of kept doing this thing with his head and then nobody wanted to come anywhere close to him. And then he just put it in the corner because he's like, all right, but if nobody's going to come close to me, I'll just do that. If you're listening at home and you can't see the video, the, the sound Jeff made was accompanied with like a Jeff having a stroke-esque gesture. Uh, so I'm actually not sure if he's all right right now. I'm dying. Call my nana. I mean, at the beginning of that rant, it sounded like you were saying Jesus was born without sin and single-handedly came to save you and that you just wanted to acknowledge that he is your savior. I do think that naming yourself after the savior is probably a good way to jinx. Like, like whatever Jack Wilshire means in Celtic, that probably is like God. Because, like, I'm getting real Jack Wilshire vibes with this guy because every time he comes on and has a game where... I mean, it's a game where we won two one. Literally, you can trace all of the winning back to this one player, and then he goes out with a hammy. Now I'm not sure if we're going to see him anymore. And then suddenly, you know, you have a guy, a player that I like very much in Enketia. But it's like, do I like him a lot as our very best? Wait, so how long do you think he'll be injured for? It's not out, and Arteta's always keeps the cards very close to his chest on this, but, but I think two weeks, four months, like, I guess it's the thing with hammies is, you know, it's like, is it, a, is it a little tweak where he's just going to walk it off or I don't know. I, I, I worry about that one because the other thing that was great about Jesus this season is they've started realizing like we can start moving him around and we have all these. And so we've had Jesus play on the left wing and, I mean, just everywhere you put him up front, he really does a job. And to be to be without him for a chunk of time now would suck. But it may very well come. Putting out. him on the left, has, has Martinelli not been good this season? 
Martinelli's been good, but he is also I the, the other sort of problem with this Arsenal team, and maybe this will be the story when you look back on the Arteta era, is like, well, maybe Arteta won a bunch of games because every game he started the same exact best eleven players, and then they started all getting hurt. And Saka's looking like he's got a case of the Wilshires lately. Martinelli's looking like he's got a case of the Wilshires lately. Jesus is looking like he's got a case of the Wilshires lately. Havers just can't play. So then you start subtracting players, and now suddenly we just can't do it. I don't know. I don't know. I think everyone's getting hurt this year. It's almost like someone should say something about the fixture congestion. Yeah. Or maybe we should just take a lot of money from a country that does human trafficking and let them change the position of the World Cup and the schedule so that no one ever gets a break. Did you think about that? I think that's a good idea. Probably get some money that way. Oh, shit. I'm glad you mentioned that because right now is the last possible day I could enter the Euro lottery for tickets because the Euro is going to be this summer. Oh, is it? I mean... Well, if you get tickets, I will fly there. Yeah, I'll get as many as I can. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're, you're like. actually, I just wanted to hang out with Skylar, so I spent $12,000 on these two <laughs> tickets. It's another. It's similar to Premier League tickets where it's like, if you can get them from legal means, they're like 30 bucks. But then, if you can't, then how much you got? <laughs> Jeff, this is the one time where being born a straight white male in America is hurting you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not getting any diversity scholarships in the year, I'll tell you that. It's not that you haven't applied for them. <laughs> yeah, I've applied. You know, like, Lithuanian American doesn't count. We still have five more topics to cover. Let's go. All right, so really quickly, uh, City versus United uh, next league match. I am not excited for this at all uh i am i think that even an injured city can kind of carve us open like a thanksgiving goose christmas goose thanksgiving turkey christmas goose no they could carve us open like a thanksgiving goose which is that's the one you don't even it's not even the main showbird you just fucking go at that thing it's it's the, the the brutality is unexpected and that's what i would say about cutting open a goose on thanksgiving (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I think, I think, I mean, I wish I could be positive. I don't see reason to be positive. Like any right. single positive I look at, whether it's Onana seems like maybe he's not afraid of the goalie part anymore, or at least at the moment, Th- three goals in the first 10 minutes against city. And that's shattered. And also yeah. we're, we're not generating enough chances against like high level high school teams from Denmark. How are we going to even hang with Manchester city? Uh, my guess we lose three one. I wish it were. I wish I could be more positive, but I'm too depressed. Dang, I don't know. I don't know. We beat. Well, I mean, we beat them last year. It was a surprise, but I feel like we played with the same eleven uh, and got into a good run of form, and everyone was hyped, and we had uh, Alessandro Martinez who balled out, and it's not the same team this year, man. Even the good players aren't the same players this year. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that. I mean, I don't know if you think the result will be any different, but we can just talk about you getting to play against the Sheffield United. That w- If we could beat them, Jeff, I think you should be okay. This could be a real trap game because if you look at, you know, we've had big Champions League match. We've had Chelsea. We've had City. So, like, this one has probably not got 
the attention it deserves. Still, any every Premier League game is a tough one. Hopefully, hopefully we'll take the points in this one. I don't know. Did we mention? Did we mention the words Sheffield United? Yes, we did. Okay, just making sure that is the team with whom we are referring to. Of whom? The other, the other, other United. The margarine, margarine United. Um, <laughs> all right, it's, we've we've not done the podcast, Jeff, for so long that yeah. we have not covered the fact that uh, Manchester United, the sale. Uh, has there's been some huge developments if you're hearing this podcast you're like no shit man uh we heard about it weeks ago but qatar has dropped out of their pursuit of manchester united they never felt like there was a deal to be done with the glazers at all uh and jim ratcliffe who at one point wanted uh to own all of the glazer shares and be in control of manchester united outright uh has been like Oh, I don't really have a lot of money, so maybe I just buy like a quarter of United. Maybe I just like get like a little shuggy for Daddy. Uh, and he and he's he's bid one point five billion or one point four billion or whatever it is for I think twenty five percent of Manchester United, which would still have him be uh, it would own less than the Glazers, but he would have a seat on the board, and he's. The rumor is he's trying to negotiate for taking over footballing control of United, and the Glazers would consider or would continue having commercial control of United. The problem being, when you need to make a football decision that has commercial implications, or you need money for someone, or you want to get rid of Jaden Sancho because he's being a little dickhole, or or you want to fix up the stadium or anything, it's still the Glazers making those decisions, and they are the worst. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they are bad. They're bad people who don't want to do anything but take money out of the club. Uh, so, mixed feelings about this. If it leads to them eventually, even if it's a slow like chemotherapy process to get rid of them, if Jim Ratcliffe buying a quarter of the club has a pathway to full ownership... Okay, better. It's better than the Glazers for sure, uh, even though he's you know not a saint. And part of me is like, oh, we're losing the FIFA cheat code money that Qatar was gonna bring. But then part of yeah. me is like, well, at least I don't have to like be ashamed of the like civil rights implications of being a sure. United fan. So like, are we gonna be as successful as we would have been if Qatar had taken over? Who knows? You get Probably- to root for the good billionaire now. But he's not even that. He's like one of the biggest yeah. polluters in the UK. So like, it's still not great. Yeah. He just hasn't publicly beheaded anybody, and that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, and that's something in this day and age. I'll tell you that. I'm guessing, even like you've been busy, but I'm guessing you've saw all this Jim Ratcliffe stuff come out too, right? Because it's yeah, yeah, big yeah. news. So like, it it is though, but it's like it's it. It's a weird one to even wrap your head around because okay. Like you're not, you're not doing it. It's like it's like he's kind of giving them like a promise ring, you know, where you're like, well, all right, like he's he's letting the Glazers soak inside of him. Yeah, no, I think he wants to soak inside of them. I mean, and every Manchester we'll United supporter is been jumping on it. the bed. No, they haven't been doing that. Do you know? That? No, because Have you heard I... that wrinkle of soaking. Yeah, that someone. Well, could you ever see jury duty? No. Watch Jury Duty. Okay. Watch Jury Duty. It's it's a fake trial that was set up where everyone's an actor except one juror. 
my god. And at one point, a live demonstration of soaking comes into play. That's all I'll oh, say. God. It's eight episodes or whatnot, but it's 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 like I think it's a truly unique show so far. I hope that they do more different versions of it because it's huh. funny. It's brilliant. It's wow. just like an elaborate. It's like a Nathan for you sketch about one person. That's eight episodes of messing with just this one innocent, <laughs> the plan? decent person. Yeah. <laughs> That's um. All right. So, but you, you're as an Arsenal fan. Are you like I'm glad it's Ratcliffe and not Qatar, or are I you mean, like on some level I am? I don't know. I, I'm glad that you're not. There's not another cheat code in the mix because there's already Chelsea with a cheat code that they just like. They're still so bad at actually playing the game that doesn't matter. And then what's that? Did you not see the, like I put my I put a thumbs up and like a thumbs up balloon exploded behind me in the video chat and now i can't get it to go again probably because this microphone's in the way no nope. i don't i've never seen the graphic i swear i swear it happened now we're just hey if you're listening now we're just holding Tyler's the thumbs up we're both dead no it was it was real all right whatever <laughs> i'll i'll keep doing it just ignore that i'm doing it okay uh so what do you, was, how do you uh, feel how do you feel about it I didn't. I didn't love the idea of Man United being taken over by a, someone with an unlimited checkbook, but, but I also don't like. I don't think that that's stopping. You know, it's like maybe they just buy some other team. Maybe they just buy Sheffield United. Maybe they buy, you know, Bristol City. I don't know, but it's not. That isn't going away. That as crazy as the money has gotten in this league, there's still crazier money out there. So that's not going anywhere. And in a weird way, those teams are still slightly underpriced, in my opinion. I I think that City has to lose the league this year. If City wins the league this year, it's proven that the ultra money once implemented is not defeatable. Yeah. Like we, we need we need even the best, like uh like oil funded teams to have off seasons and on down cycles. Like we need that as fans or what's the point of watching this league anymore? It's a good point, but if they have to prove that by letting Tottenham win it, I am not going to endorse this round of script writing. Somehow Lester uh, from the championship wins the premier league in 2024. We're all down with that, right? It'd be the ultimate underdog story, Skyler. <laughs> they shouldn't have won. They couldn't have won. But they, Jamie Vardy will not be stopped. It's Wrexham. They've won the Premier League. <laughs> Unbelievable. <sighs> oh, Wrexham. What a fun little comic you are of a football club. All right. Jeff, I do think mm. it's appropriate uh, for you to tell us what's been going on with the non-recyclables I heard you just performed at a fringe festival of sorts. That's so unlike you. We have. We just we just uh, we just finished our run at the Clapham Fringe. Went very well. Thanks for all the people that came out. Um, that was fun. It was a good time. It was. I will say, Clapham is far away from the rest of London, and we had late time slots, so we didn't draw the same crowds that we had at the Camden Fringe, but that was okay. Um, we did, we also had, we had another gig Monday night, um, in Brixton at the Hope and Anchor and Brixton is cool. And this is a cool group of people called Duck Duck Goose. They do like an improv jam. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, 
weirdly because it's it's one of those there's some improv shows where you go and almost everyone else there is a fellow improviser and it's just a self-licking ice cream cone then there are other shows where it's like okay we have like a chance to make like real fans here and this one was like one there, there was literally at the beginning of the show you know i say hey has anybody not seen improv before and we'll tell you about it and there was one guy that's like hmm. <laughs> um and other than that everyone knew it but jeff raised his it hand was such a good show <laughs> yeah no and it was it was a bit um but it was it was such a fun show um and i got to meet our friend lizzie's new boyfriend um and he's Ooh, very nice. dish the, everyone that listens to this soccer podcast would love to hear it's a bit of it's a bit of a meet cute or a or a well not a meet cute but like a become a couple cute because they have known each other since high school. Is this always Benedict, thought highly. Is this Benedict Cumberbatch? No, um, always thought highly of each other, and he seems to be a very cool guy. But then you know they're like life pulled them in different directions. He now works for the World Health Organization or something like that. Down in Geneva. Who? And Wait, who 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 are we talking about? Who? Mike Jones. Um, uh, but yeah, it did you just nice dox? Did you just dox her boyfriend? No, no, I was just making a a joke that if you had listened to rap, you would know. You What's know the rap? guy Mike Jones. There was this guy that he would always talk about. He would always say his full name in like raps, like his, like his. You know how a rap name is usually like Squee Dizzle or whatever. Like his rap name was Mike Jones, and then my name's Mike Jones, and I'm here to say. And then, and then, but then whenever, because he would always say, like, my name's Mike Jones, then everybody's like, who? And like, Mike Jones. <laughs> like, and it was great. That was gives a you a joke. whole verse of just, like, the call and, and answer of, like, who? That Mike Jones. Exactly. Who? Well, no, no, here's I, the thing. Mike Jones, not a great rapper. So, like, there's an entire verse of his songs. You're like, I'm Mike Jones. Who, Mike Jones? The one and only. You can't clone me. I'm Mike Jones. He also put out his real cell phone number on like this like record that he put out and then he didn't realize that it would blow up and it went platinum. And so like I still like two eight one three three oh eight zero zero four hit Mike Jones on the low because Mike Jones about to blow. <laughs> I'm Mike Jones, call one of my phones. <laughs> it's good when your name rhymes with phones. I mean you're what else rhymes with phones except for bones? <laughs> scones. Scott, bones, scones. For scones. Scones. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Scones. Uh, a British Mike Scones. Mike Scones. Who Mike Scones? Sorry, I mispronounced my name. It has to be Mike Johns, who's into scones. <laughs> yeah, John Scones. Uh, we got one more topic here. Uh, although I would implore everyone that's listening, follow the non-recyclables on. Instagram? On Instagram at the underscore non underscore recyclables at I'm guessing the underscore non underscore recyclables. The non underscore version of the non recyclables was taken. Mm, probably, yeah. I imagine underscores are really tricky. All right, the United States national team, the U.S. Natties, uh, which is never how they've ever been referred to before, uh, played two matches. Against Germany and Ghana, uh, Germany. It was like kind of our our first our f- first eleven, our starting like our best eleven. Uh, and in the match against Germany, 
we uh, went out to an early lead. Christian Pulisic scored a bomb from like, right. like he he dribbled uh, particularly well, even for him. He's you know great dribbler. But then like I did not know he had an upper ninety cannon in him. I thought he was more of like a dribble around the goalie and like kind of pass it in mm-hmm. uh, goal scorer. But like no, he was great. And then. Unfortunately, Germany's class just sort of ended up showing up, and they won three to one. Uh, this is a week in Germany, but they're still pretty good. But then, a few days later, Ghana, who I, I don't know if you followed the the history of these two teams in the past in World Cups and whatnot, they've knocked us out of multiple World Cups. They were kind of a bogey team until I think the last time we played them in the World Cup. Uh, and this match, I'm like, oh well, we lost to Germany three one. We might lose this one as well. We spanked Ghana with both hands and a cricket bat. <laughs> it was 4-0 in the first 30-something minutes. And it's very difficult to spank someone with both hands at once. It's like trying to throw two punches at once. Like, it just doesn't feel right. Four uh, punches. Like, one punch for each goal. <laughs> two of the punches are coming from feet. So it's like you really just got to throw yourself in the midair and push all of your limbs out at the same time to do that kind of punching. But... It was great. I mean, I think I'll look it up. I feel like like everybody scored a goal. Uh, I want to say Fowler and Balogun. Rainia had two, and Rainia had one. Rainia had two, but like it's really nice that Rainia's fitness is finally, finally getting there. He seems to have made up with the coach. Like they seem to be yeah. fine. I'm guessing that him <laughs> getting the job uh, the second time was like contingent on you have to sort this out. I know it's not all your fault, but yeah. you're the manager. You got to figure out a way to get your best player on the field and not have him hate you. So like, which whatever I, he's done must be pretty fucking amazing. Cause like, imagine going in and be like, Hey, remember that time I ruined the world cup in your prime? Um, yeah. So I was thinking you could do really well against Ghana in a friendly. Do, do you remember the time your mom dragged me through a very private uh, 25-year-old domestic disturbance uh, situation? I do remember I mean, that as well. I mean, I really wonder, like, at this point, like, who is the most aggrieved between those? Because it's like, for for Geo, it's kind of like your parents are trying too hard for you. It's and the, they've clearly overstepped some bounds. But Greg Berhalter's wife is the most aggrieved, I would say. She got kicked had to get over it, had to get past it, and then it was turned into CNN news 25 years later. Mm. Look, I what think look turned, at this. Look at this. Look at this thumbs up, you motherfucker. Do you see that? Boom, look at that. I like, <laughs> All right, get get ready for a thumbs down. I wonder if that was like our viewer or something that did that. Uh-oh. Hey, hey, viewer, if you did that, how do we do, do that? Yeah. <laughs> do another thumbs up or a thumbs Goodness. down. It's a, but it came up it was just on my screen. I Jeff. saw it at that time. I feel like it's gestural because Zoom has added this feature. I saw it in the middle of my screen. It's uh, For me, it was just on my... Everyone listening is like, I just love verbal descriptions of new Zoom features. Uh, We're we're going to end soon enough. Chill your tits, audience. Jesus. All right. (laughs) So it was was a great match. Uh, International football, usually very boring. Both these were pretty interesting for different reasons. Uh, it's kind of weird, Jeff, that the United States will be playing at a World Cup and there are no World Cup qualifiers to play. It's only high-intensity friendlies between now and then. And the Copa America? Copa America. Too many syllables? I'm at the Copa. 
Copa America. Because that's America, America for syllables. If you, if if, if you are, if you have the ability to thumbs up the fact that we just did the math for the amount of syllables in America, please give us a thumbs up so we can react to it. America has as many syllables in it as you have freedom in your heart. For America, America. So you're sweet. Are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that our southern brothers and sisters that call it Murica have less freedom in their heart, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Play the theme song. <laughs> Did you get any of that? I was trying to harmonize with your. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can talk about a United match, but you can't you, talk about Arsenal playing. You can talk about Bearhalter's wise snatch. Oh, no. Jeff, no. control alt delete that one. Okay. Control alt delete that the, one. The, the role of Skylar Hunt in tonight's show has been played by Jeff Vitkin. <laughs> Hey man, I think that we both got to go, uh, yes. but I, I miss you so strongly that it hurts. No, it feels same. like heartburn. Let me know when you get those Euro tickies, and I will desperately fling myself to the right location of Europe. Sweet. Although, remember, we're still trying to maybe do a 420 Oktoberfest, so. That's a good point. Think about that. Very good point. All right. All right, do you want to say any last words before I shoot you? Just do it.